this Friday, September 28th, MLB Betting Picks Show edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code CFBX on your first purchase. To save $20, download the Game Time app and use promo code CFBX. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play the Underdog Pick'em in college or NFL and win up to 20 times your money in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $500. And we're also brought to you by VEASAN. Sign up now and save 40% with their football season special when you use promo code SGP. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe, promo code SGP. And finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everyone, to the MLB Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, September the 27th, currently 5.04 on the East Coast. Here to get into the Friday betting picks for the Diamond, the last Friday of the regular season. And as we enter the weekend series before we wrap up the regular season, I know everybody's itching just to get to the finish line, but we're just a few days away uh, from the season ending and then getting into the AL wild card, or sorry, the wild card games uh, for each league. But joining me here to help me break it down, you guys know him as a voice of the WNBA Gambling Podcast, the NBA Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, the Tennis Gambling Podcast, and of course here on the MLB Gambling Podcast, it's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, how's it hanging, my man? Not doing pretty well. Had a nice day in the WNBA, so I can't complain too much yesterday. But as for today, I do want to ask you something. My team yes. season ended about two months ago. How are you uh, holding up? Um, I think we're hanging in there. Uh, we're hanging, I guess we can say by the thread, actually. But a big game on Thursday night for the Astros. I know the uh, Mariners and the Astros have split uh, one game each. And I'm, I forgot who the Astros are wrapping up the series against this weekend, but uh, let me they play Arizona for some reason. Yeah, uh, they have Arizona, and then I think the the Rangers and the Mariners are going to battle out over the weekend. So uh, I know Arizona still is fighting for a, a spot in the National League as well, but uh, I guess I can say cautiously optimistic. Would I be surprised if this team misses the playoffs? No, just because they can't take care of business against the shit of the MLB this season and the A's and the Royals. I mean. How do you get swept by the Royals in the midst of the not only the division race, but you fighting for a playoff spot? But it wasn't even just I, getting swept. They lost five of six, right? Because they had a series yeah. right before that, that. They also almost got swept in. Yeah. And they, they also fumbled the bag against the A's as well. So those are teams you got to take care of business against. And I think a lot of us, at least locally, the fans are putting it on Dusty Baker because – some of the lineups that he puts out just makes you scratch your head. I don't know why, what his infatuation is with Martin Maldonado, who's batting. That's what I was going to say. As a yeah, name sub 200 when you have Yonder Diaz, who's um, a, well, a significant uh, bat upgrade in the lineup. Uh, but I don't know. I guess you have him out for defensive purposes out there for Maldonado. But uh, I think a lot of fans will be screaming if Maldonado is back uh, on this team next year. But um, yeah, important game on uh, on on Thursday night with Fran Valdez going out there for the Astros, and then the weekend series against the Diamondbacks. So we'll see what transpires. But I, I think that I think they'll make it in um, as a wild card team, and then after that, we'll see what happens. But um, Thursday, or sorry, Friday's uh, uh, sorry Thursday schedule, I should say, uh, we have a lot of TBD pitchers and. I know this week or the last couple of weeks here, Scott, we've been covering the top games uh, as far as meaningful baseball teams that are still fighting for something. But we'll make do with what we can here. Um, and then we'll still talk through the games that we want to talk through here, uh, even though some of those games uh, do have undecided pitchers. But um, anything that's kind of caught your eye in this last week here or are you just trying to you know, get to the finish line like the rest of us? Uh, do we want to talk about the drop fly ball yesterday or no? Oh yeah, we have to. I mean that that possibly could cost uh, the Cubs the the a playoff spot. I watched it. I had no action on the game. I'm like, oh, Atlanta's playing in Chicago. I'll watch this, and it's like, oh, it's six nothing lead. What could possibly go wrong? And then I see Smiley come into the game, and I'm like, all right, you know what this means? I got to put the game on because Smiley's coming in for a must win game for some reason. Wasn't even that bad. 
Was he good? No, but he did his part. He got the exact yeah. fly ball that he needed. Suzuki called off the center fielder. I can't even say got under it, but he tried to field it off his hip, I guess, and missed the ball. Just yeah. simply put, didn't make contact with it, and you ended up seeing two runs come in, the go-ahead run as well. That's that's rough. Uh, you blow yeah, a six-run lead against Atlanta, and you, you need every game from that point forward. That's really, really tricky. And then he struck out in the, in the ninth inning to make it worse. That's... It's, that was not good from Suzuki, but yeah, I was shocked when I was watching that live. That was one of those gaffes that you see. I don't want to compare it to like a Buckner situation because, of course, that was the World Series, but that was an all-timer, at least for me. I yeah. can't remember the last serious gaff I saw in a baseball game to that degree with that much, I'd say, just that many stakes on it. I mean, yeah. it's not going to matter. It's going to be a funny story if the Cubs make the playoffs anyway. But for all the drama that's going on right now, I couldn't even think of like the most recent error that caused the team to miss the playoffs. Can you? Like, I can't think of one. Off the top of the head, I can't think of it either. Um, but yeah, I mean, that last like night. One like... moment that just caused your team to miss the playoffs. I can't think of it. Usually you can group together a bunch of, for example, your team. You know, you lose yeah. to the A's, you lose to a couple bad teams. It could be a bunch of different things. Yeah. This is like one point, one yeah. specific action that might cause you to miss the playoffs. I can't think of a of one recently. I'm sure there's been in history, but I can't think of any on top of my head. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anything off of the top of my head either. Uh, but I think um, if they get into the Cubs that – uh, I think it'll be forgotten about, but that'll be the main talking point, at least in Chicago for the radio stations and locally. I mean, I'm sure it already is today, but I think they're going to reference back to it um, if they do miss the playoffs. Now, uh, as the updated standings are in that wild card, they are half a game up on the Miami Marlins uh, as of today. And then right now, I know the Marlins and the Mets are in action and the Marlins are tra trailing right now for nothing uh, in that game. And earlier to the Diamondbacks did get the victory uh, against the White Sox. So um, obviously the Phillies clinched last night, uh, a wild card spot. Uh, the Diamondbacks are in the driver's seat for that second spot. And it seems like it's going to be a battle between the Cubs and the Marlins. So if the Mets can hold on and, and, and the Cubs can find a way uh, to win tonight, uh, they would uh, have a one-and-a-half game lead. Uh, if not, it will just be a half a game lead. But, yeah, I, I still, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head, but, I, it, yeah, it does, nothing comes to mind as far as a blunder that would cost your team a playoff spot. But um, hopefully that's something that um, they can get past and uh, it'll be forgotten about for the Chicago Cubs. Um, Scott, before we get into the – Actual picks here for the Thursday schedule. Uh, let me tell everyone about Game Time. Uh, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't have to be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets with their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. Dev, uh, if you haven't checked out the app, it, it's a really easy experience on that app. I mean, they have flash deals. They have tickets right up to the time of the event. And they're really easy to find for every type of event. That's not uh, not only a sports event, but any other event that's happening in your area, whether it's a comedy show, whether it's theater, whatever the case might be. And the best part I love about their app is anytime you go in to buy tickets, you're actually going to get an image of that seat view before you actually buy the tickets. You're not going to have any surprises when you actually get to the venue. There's no obstructions or anything in your way of, of uh, at that specific venue. Their lowest price are guaranteed. They also have event cancellation protection. So forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Glex who flash deals for tickets, not only for football, basketball, and baseball, but also for concerts, comedy, and theater near you. The game time uh, guarantee means you always get the best price. And if you find tickets, in the same section and the same row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are in their prices. Uh, so download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code CFBX for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CFBX for $20 off 
Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. From now until October 4th, Underdog is matching 100% of your first deposits of up to $500. Plus, you're giving away $100,000 on Sundays. Uh, on Underdog Fantasy, a total of $2 million in prizes all season long, 100000 in prizes this week, and 10 people are going to win $10,000 this week as well. And they have new sweepstakes every week for the NFL season. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or their website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $500. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy using promo code SGPN. P-N. All right, Scott, like I mentioned, for the Thursday schedule, we are missing pitchers for about more than half of the games, but we're going to make do with what we have in the games uh, that have some meaning, uh, whether it's uh, in the wild card race or in the division here. So uh, looking at the schedule for uh, Thursday here, let me get to the screen here. Um I don't need standings. I need the schedule. Uh, let me pull it up on my phone here. That might just be faster. Uh, all right. So the first game on Thursday uh, we want to get to here is going to be a one. T- sorry, a two ten Eastern start. The Arizona Diamondbacks looking to complete the sweep against the Chicago White Sox. No official pitcher yet for the Arizona Diamondbacks, but I'm seeing uh, Tuki Tucson is going to get the start here. For the Chicago White Sox, I think Scott, both you and I agree that probably it does not matter who is starting for the um, uh, Diamondbacks in this game. But Tukey has just been absolutely atrocious thus far this season. But any thoughts on this game here? No, he's been good lately. I mean, the problem was the one time I kind of praised him, he went out there and went one innings eight earned (laughs) against the Royals. But you look at the other starts around it, he's been solid. Last two starts, six and a third, one run against the Red Sox. Five innings, one run against the Twins. Start before the Orioles debacle. Start before the uh, Royals debacle. Six innings, two runs against the Orioles. So he actually has been decent. But I can't pick Chicago. I, I just can't do it. Team's playing for nothing, yeah. and you're looking at the Diamondbacks who just won in shutout fashion on Wednesday. I like their overall form. They're playing for something. The White Sox aren't. I know I don't want to sound like a generic uh, handicapper just only talking about motivation. But there's a reason why Arizona is competing for something and why the White Sox aren't. It's because the White Sox right. aren't good at baseball. And it's because the Diamondbacks are pretty good at baseball. So I'll go with Arizona. I think if you want to go for the White Sox, maybe a first five angle because Tucson's been fine lately. But that White Sox mm-hmm. bullpen is still a disgrace. The Diamondbacks, once again, have been playing some good baseball recently, which is why they're back in the playoff picture in the first place. I'm going to go with Arizona. You mentioned earlier, once again, about teams needing to take out the trash, so to speak. This is the trash. If you want to make the playoffs, you got to get in. You've come all the way back from a brutal July, and you're in a great spot. You're in the driver's seat to make the playoffs. I trust Arizona to get it done, and they've been a pretty decent road team all year long. Give me Arizona. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, we talked about it, that the Astros and the uh, Diamondbacks are going to uh, match up this weekend, and that's going to be a tough uh, matchup, but not only for the Astros, but also the, obviously the Diamondback going up against the defending World Series champion. So, um, you know, like you mentioned, we talked about at the top of the show that you need to take care of business against the crappier teams, and I think that, number one, they're looking on the scoreboard right now and seeing the Mets up 4 nothing over the Marlins, and you know, you go, they already took care of business on Wednesday afternoon to the Diamondbacks. They need to go back and do it again on Thursday afternoon. So I think they'll, we'll get the job done. I'm going to be on the run line here for the Diamondbacks. Um, and there's no question about it for me here uh, in this game against the White Sox. Uh, next game on the board for the Thursday schedule. By the way, I'm, looking, uh, I'm trying to do the math quickly. Yeah. If, if they go win ahead. tonight and the mm-hmm. uh, Marlins lose, then... They'd be up. Uh, let me just do the math. They'd be up three, or th- no, sorry, they'd be up. What are they up right now? They, yeah, they'd be One up and a half, three, right? or two, up half right two now. and a half, or yeah. The point is, they're not officially clinching if they win the White Sox game, but they'd be basically right, right. there, right? Their magic number would be yeah, 100%. one if they beat the White Sox. 
Yeah, I think yeah, I think it would be one. So if if okay. Marlins lose on on Wednesday afternoon and they go out and take care of business, I, they're pretty much in their driver's seat uh, to get the job done, um, uh, or at least clinch a wild card spot. The second one, I should say, right behind the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next game we want to get to here. Let's go over to the Brewers matchup against the Cardinals. Uh, not really much to talk about here. I thought, you know, with Corbin Burns on the mound, we would kick the tires here. But 4-10 start, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Milwaukee uh, Brewers here. I almost said Milwaukee Bucks because we had some NBA news today. But Dakota Hudson gets a start here for the St. Louis Cardinals, and Corbin Burns is on the mound for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers are a minus 180 home favorite here, plus 150 on the money line for the St. Louis Cardinals. Total set at 8 with juice towards the under at minus 118. Run line minus one and a half plus one oh five for the Brewers and plus one and a half minus one twenty-five for the St. Louis Cardinals here. Uh starting here with Corbin Burns, who's having a pretty good season, uh uh at least uh, uh, the least to say on the season, 10 and 8 with a 3.46 ERA, 196 strikeouts to 65 walks. Uh over his last five games, he is one and two, but the um does have a 2.56 ERA. He's only allowed nine earned runs in 23 and two-thirds innings pitch, 36 strikeouts in that span as well. There's been two starts over his last five starts where he has allowed four earned runs to the opposition, which was against the Nationals um and the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. But in his last start, he went five innings, allowed two hits, six strikeouts, and two walks uh, for the Milwaukee uh, Brewers. And in his career against the Cardinals, he is, let's see here, a four and five record where he has a 2.97 uh, ERA. Let me trim this down to last season, up to this season. I was going to say, um, in his defense, the Cardinals used to be good in his defense. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Two and two with a 1.85 ERA. So he's been pretty good actually against the Cardinals uh, dating back to last season. He did face them earlier this season where he went six inning, allowed three earned runs and had seven strikeouts in that game. Um, Looking at the other side here, Dakota Hudson uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's six and two with a 4.95 ERA over his last five starts. He has a 5.93 ERA. Did have one bad start, which was against the Baltimore Orioles. Where he allowed seven earned runs and four and one thirds innings pitched. Um, I think the question this game becomes here, Scott, is how long are they actually going to let Corbin Burns be out there? Uh, obviously, because you don't want to risk any injury uh, and you don't want to, you know, compromise your starting rotation because you pretty much don't have a lot to play for because you pretty much wrapped up the you know NL Central division. Um, you kind of look at his last two starts. He's only been out there for about five. Or last start was five innings, but they were blowing out the Marlins, and they really didn't. He didn't really need to be out there. The pre, uh, start previous to that, five and two thirds against the Washington Nationals. So, I think I'm gonna trim this down to just take the first five run line with the Brewers. I, I can't see Corbin Burns being out there for more than six innings at mask, and that pitching that that pitch count is gonna be up there. There's no reason for him to be out there for that long, and just you know get him ready for um for the playoffs. So. Run line for me in the first five innings here for the Brewers here, Scott. Yeah, I'm going to take the opposite approach. I'm going to take okay. the Cardinals on the money line. I think this price is absurd. I, I don't really understand the argument for wanting to put the Brewers this big of a favorite. The argument is starting pitchers, Burns is better. But you said he's probably not going to pitch long. Yeah, Milwaukee has nothing to play for. Right. They're already locked into their spot. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what happens for the rest of the season. You mentioned potentially benching Burns. I'm thinking of even more than that. Are we sure they're, they're going to even use their B lineup in this game? Like yeah. they might just be using a, a bunch point. of bench bats. I, I don't know why they would even bother. These, game mean, these games mean nothing. So I am going to take the Cardinals because, well, to be honest, they have nothing to play for either, but they might use the starters. Who knows? But. I think these teams are going to be somewhat closer in terms of talent in this particular spot because Milwaukee has no incentive to try to win the game for pride, I guess. But I think when you're looking at the potential lineups and the overall motivation, both teams have no motivation. I mean, it's why a lot of people are going to be fading Milwaukee on Tuesday. Same with Philly. They're going to be fading Philly on, on sorry, I mean Wednesday. They're going to fade Philly on Wednesday as well because they're both locked into their spots and clinched a playoff spot already. I'm going to take the Cardinals. I don't know why Burns would pitch more than five. I don't know why the main bats in Milwaukee would also play the entire game. I'm going to take the Cardinals. I think this price is too high for a team that's not going to care either. 
All right. Uh, next game on the board is 6.35 Eastern Star. The Boston Red Sox, they are in Baltimore. to Take on the Orioles. I'm seeing Chris Sale is going to get the start here for the Boston Red Sox, and Dean Kramer is on the mound here for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, no official lines yet, but let me check another uh, outlet here, see if they have anything up. Um uh, let me refresh this page, but I don't think they have anything up. But I let me get to the standings here for the uh, AL East because obviously the Baltimore Orioles are uh, hanging on to that AL East lead. They have a currently a two and a half game lead over the Tampa Bay Rays, and they are trying to close in on uh, not only the division but also a hundred win season for uh, the Baltimore. Orioles. Orioles, um, you want to take this one away, uh, Chris Silver versus Dean Kramer? Well, the only problem is if Baltimore wins tonight and Tampa loses, I believe Baltimore clinches the division. But regardless, they should have motivation anyway because right. they can still compete with, for example, the Dodgers for the second-best record in the league. And I know that's not going to sound like much because they'd only face off in the World Series. I think stuff like that matters in my opinion, because I know Atlanta is going to have home field no matter what. Like it is what it is. Yeah. It, it's going to matter. So I think that Baltimore, even yeah. if they do clinch, you could argue mm-hmm. about the champagne, and that might be a potential champagne fade game. So I do want to at least keep an eye on how the results hold on Wednesday. Assuming that Baltimore does not clinch the division on Wednesday, I'll take them in this game. I had Tampa yesterday against Boston. I think they've lost, what is it, 15 of their last 19 They've completely fallen off a cliff. They got nothing to play for. Yeah. Sales been okay this year, but he gives you no length at all. And Kramer's been fine. I'll go with Baltimore in this one. Once again, my opinion completely flips if Baltimore does clinch the division on Wednesday. Yeah. But assuming they don't, I got to go Baltimore here. Boston's been terrible. There's really no other way around it. Yeah, in particular, Chris Sale has been absolutely atrocious this season against the Baltimore Orioles as well. Uh, three starts this season, 12 innings pitched combined in those three starts, Scott. He's allowed 18 earned runs. Uh, he's allowed at least five earned runs in every single one of those starts uh, against the Baltimore Orioles. His last start was back on September 9th uh, at home against the Baltimore Orioles. He went four innings, allowed six earned runs. He's also allowed five uh, home runs. Um uh, off of 22 hits in just 12 innings. So he's been absolutely atrocious. But yeah, you also I'll bring up a great point that the champagne bottles are going to be flowing if they do clinch the uh, division that, you know, that opinion might completely change. But I may uh, still look at the Orioles as far as a team total because, again, Chris Sell just has not been very good uh, this season against the, um, against the Baltimore Orioles um, uh, in those three starts. Like I mentioned, all right, Scott, before we get over to the next game on this school, uh, let me tell everyone about the circuit and competition that we're in right now. That's me, VEASAN. We're brought to you by VEASAN. Sign up uh, now and save 40% off a football season special when you use promo code SGP. VEASAN.com slash subscribe, promo code SGP. Sean and Ryan are in a contest going head-to-head with other VEASAN shows to see who sells the most subscriptions. The winning show gets a $1,000 Super Bowl future bet. The best part is Sean and Ryan are going to cut you in on the prize if they win. So there's two simple steps to get involved. Step one, go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe and use promo code SGP to sign up. And then step two, go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash VEASAN. That's V-S-I-N. Submit your proof of purchase. If they win, you'll get a vote on which team to use that $1,000 Super Bowl future on. And if it hits, you'll get an equal piece of the action. So go to vcin.com slash subscribe and use promo code SGP. Then sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash vcin, that's V-S-I-N, to submit your proof of purchase. And last but not least, we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bets with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot, 
and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets or craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching and start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, Scott, let's keep it rolling here, my man. Uh, Next game on the schedule here we want to get to. Let's see here. Um, We'll go over to the matchup. I guess another meaningless game here, the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Philadelphia Phillies. No official pitcher yet for the Pittsburgh Pirates, but I am seeing Zach Wheeler is going to be on the mound here for the uh, Phillies. Uh, no official lines yet here, but I think this might be something similar to a handicap that you had for the uh, Brewers here. Uh, Scott, any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I'm automatically leaning to fading the Phillies. It's not as crazy as the champagne fade. It's not often you get two champagne fades in the same day. So Wednesday is a pretty special card. But for Thursday, the Phillies are locked into the one wild card already. So they'd have nothing to play for. And if I'm going to talk about how Milwaukee should arrest everybody, I don't know why Harper would play. I don't know why Schwarber would play. I don't know why Turner would like they might play a little bit, but what's the point? I feel like you're looking at what the Phillies might do. They might bench the entire team. So I'm not going to go with the Phillies here. You're looking at Wheeler who might pitch five innings, maybe less, who knows, but I have issues with motivation uh, for the Phillies because once again, there isn't none, even though they are going to the playoffs again, I'm going to fade the Phillies. Phillies will be favored by a decent number because they are the better team in this matchup and they do have the better pitcher on the mound. But for me, it doesn't really matter that much because I'm not sure uh, what quality lineup the Phillies are going to use and how long Wheeler's going to go. Pittsburgh might not be a good team. They've been actually somewhat feistier than I anticipated them being. They're closer to 500 than I ever thought they would be. But I am going to go with the Pirates here. I just think looking at what the price is going to be for the Phillies when the lines come out, they're going to be too big of a favorite. With right. lack of motivation considered, I'll take the Pirates on the money line. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, again, I don't know how long uh, Wheeler will be out there. I, mean, I think he might even just get scratched because, again, there's no reason for him to be out there. Well, some uh, of it's rotation. Long. Some of it's just rotation and routine yeah, based. You don't want to sure. mess up with the guy's overall timing. So I think, once again, he'll maybe go a couple innings. I see Matthew asking about the over in meaningless games. I'm tempted, but once again, Philly might bench half their team. Yeah. So that's why lineups. Yeah. That's that's the only thing that kind of scares me off of an actual total. But I am going with Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, I can't argue against that either. I think that again, um, it's it's exactly what you mentioned for the Milwaukee game as well, right? Like you you have your ace on the mound. Um, how long is he going to be out there? Or even like your everyday players, how long are they going to be out there? There's not a lot of reasons for them to be out there. So again, maybe just to kind of I guess not really saying game shape but not you know really build that rust as you're kind of getting into the playoffs uh, after this weekend so um yeah pirates um either first five or, or full game or even even the over like like Matthew mentioned in some of these games for meaningless meaningless baseball uh, let's get over to a game that has some meaning for one of these teams that's going to be a 707 eastern star the New York Yankees uh and the Toronto Blue Jays currently seeing Luke Weaver is going to get the start here for the New York Yankees and Chris Bassett is going to get the start here for the Toronto Blue Jays Blue Jays are a minus 180 home favorite here plus 150 on the money line for the New York Yankees total is set at nine with juice towards the under at minus 120 Run line minus one and a half, um, plus one fourteen for the Blue Jays, and plus one and a half minus one thirty five for the New York Yankees. Here, Scott, what are you thinking about this matchup? Yankees putting a, a, a thorn in the side of the Blue Jays at least on Tuesday night. Can they continue it on Thursday? Yeah, they won two nothing and by a home run in the ninth inning. But for the most part, for this one, the Blue Jays should win. We have Luke Weaver on the mound, and he has not yeah. been good in New York. Uh, Bassett's been fine, and you could argue with motivation obviously mattering for Toronto. It means nothing for the Yankees, but there is a little bit of motivation playing spoiler for your division rival if you have nothing to play for. For this one, I'm just going to go with Toronto team total over, probably the first five. I'm fading Luke Weaver. I'm not going to really overthink this one. Weaver hasn't exactly been in New York for a long time. He hasn't exactly been there for a good time either because he's not been good, and that's been the story all year long. So I do think when you're looking at the spot here he's been good with the Yankees though for the most part I mean he made mm-hmm. two appearances four innings three runs against Pittsburgh okay and he went five and a third no runs against the Dimebacks but I do think looking at the spot Toronto should tee off against them and I think when you're looking at once again the line itself Toronto should be this big of a favorite 
but I still don't feel comfortable laying this big of a number with Toronto based on what's happened so far this season. I'll take the team total over for Toronto. Yeah, I can't argue against that. Again, uh, Luke Weaver was a pitcher earlier this season where we were absolutely all fading and just taking the opposite team's uh, team total over. I don't think that has changed here. But like you mentioned, did have one good start against the Diamondbacks, five and a third, four uh, four hits allowed, uh, no runs given up in that game, three strikeouts. Um, but again, I think that, number one, Chris Bassett has been uh, pretty solid for this pitching rotation of the Blue Jays. He did have a solid start against the Yankees uh, earlier this season, but this was all the way back in May. Seven shutout innings. He did have seven strikeouts in that game, only allowed three hits and one walk as well. Um, so I, I'm going to go with, yeah, I like your angle of the team total over here. Also take a look at the run line here at the plus odds here for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, especially with Luke Weaver on the mound, maybe a run line in the first five innings here as well. I think Chris Bassett can pitch well because this pitching rotation for the Blue Jays has been doing pretty well uh, against his Yankees lineup, what they currently are throwing out there. So uh, maybe look at a strikeout prop here for uh, um, Chris Bassett as well, because he's had seven strikeouts in both career appearances against the New York Yankees. And we know the Yankees can strike out at a very high rate. So run line for me, and I agree about Scott's play as well, team total over uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays against Luke Weaver. Uh, next game on the board here, we want to get to, uh, let's go over to the Chicago Cubbies and the Atlanta Braves. Um, we have a 720 Eastern start. It's going to be Marcus Stroman makes his return, or I think this is not a return. I think I want to say he came out of the bullpen when he did return for the Chicago uh, uh, Cubs. Um, when he was coming back from the IL. No official pitcher listed yet for the Atlanta Braves here. I don't see lines here yet, but Scott, any thoughts on this game? Is It's Cubs or nothing, right? I, I don't know if I can even back the Cubs based on, <laughs> based on Strowman. I, I don't know if I can, man. I mean, I'm looking at Strowman's numbers here, and he's made three appearances since uh, coming off the IL. Two innings, no runs against the Dimebacks. One inning, no runs against the Dimebacks. Three innings, three runs against the Rockies. So he has not gone more than three innings, and now he's starting. And the Cubs yeah. bullpen, I don't trust at all. So I don't even know if I can take Stroman in this game. The other hand, you're looking at the Braves' motivation or lack thereof, and Atlanta is going to get the one seed. It's a matter of time. They haven't officially clinched it yet, yeah. but it's going to happen. Right. So right now, Atlanta is pulling it up. They're four games ahead of the Dodgers, mm-hmm. and they are three games ahead of the Orioles. So... Uh, doing the math in my head, that does mean technically these games might matter if they want to con- if they want to actually clinch home field throughout the playoffs. This game should matter, right? So based on that, because they would be tied with Baltimore in theory. So yeah, I'm going to take Atlanta. I don't mm-hmm. trust Roman enough. I don't trust the bullpen enough. Okay. And I also wonder psychologically, how do you respond from blowing a six nothing lead with a drop fly ball to lose the game? I don't know. We're going to find out, but the fact that Atlanta's at home and the fact that I don't believe you have champagne ceremonies for home field advantage, Atlanta's so deep, I'm not sure it even matters. No. Like, what are you, what are you going to do? You're going to bench uh, half of your main guys and just use the bench bats who are also really good? Like, I don't – like, even Pilar's been hitting home runs. Kevin Pilar's been good. Like, I don't even it's know crazy. what to do with this Atlanta team. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Braves here. I just, once again, I need to see more from Stroman. The fact that he has not gone more than three innings in about uh, two months, three months, even before he yeah. got in, b- before even before he got injured, he was going less than four. Mm. He hasn't pitched yeah. four innings in a start or in a game since July fifteenth, and now he's in Atlanta. I, I can't trust Stroman. I, I just can't do it. I understand the motivation angles if the Braves end up clinching the one seed and maybe they're just going to start resting guys, but. To be honest, the Braves' B lineup might even be able to beat the Cubs. I, I can't trust the Cubs right now. I think I'm going to fade the Cubs. It's ridiculous if you kind of go down like the Atlanta lineup and the amount of home runs like these guys have hit. It's been absolutely crazy uh, to see. I mean, I think Ozzy Albies has like 36 home runs on the season uh, for that Braves lineup. It's just an absolutely crazy amount of bombs that that team has been hitting this season. But uh, yeah, I think I'm just going to go with the over in this game. And I, again, I, I think that. Uh, like you mentioned, if, it, if it's an A lineup for the Braves, or even if it is their B lineup, the, this team has been uh, setting records this season. I mean, they've been an all-time hitting lineup this season. Um, you blink your eyes and you look at the score for the Braves, or 
up three nothing, four nothing within the first three to four innings, and they're they've been just that kind of lineup. And even if they are trailing in games, we've seen multiple times this season. They've come from behind and won. So, I mean, you can never count out this Braves lineup uh, as far as her team totals and such. Um, the pitching for the Braves, I mean, I know they've put two guys on the IL. I know Max Fried uh, went back on the IL, and I think Charlie Morton as well. But we saw it last night. Bryce Elder wasn't very good. Um, I think, again, this might be a, maybe a bullpen day for the um, for the Braves. But I don't know. I like the over. Yeah, I like the over in this game as well. I think that the Cubs can obviously score as well. So I think that anything around nine and a half, I'm definitely going to be on the over in this game between the uh, Cubs and the Braves. Uh, Two games left on the board here, Scott. Let's go back to the Miami Marlins and the New York Mets. 7-10 Eastern start. I'm currently seeing Jose, uh, sorry, Jesus Lazardo is going to get the start here for the Miami Marlins, and David Peterson is on the mound here for the New York Mets. I don't see lines for this game either, but let me double-check another odd screen here. Uh, Let's see. See Marlins minus 125, Mets plus 105. Yeah, Uh, and then I currently see on bet online minus 120 for the Miami Marlins and plus 110. So, Anywhere from around a minus 119 all the way up to a minus 125 is what I see. Total is consistent at seven and a half here. Um, yeah, we talked about the Marlins in that National League wild card race. Uh, they need everyone they can get. Currently trailing on Wednesday afternoon, six, sorry, four nothing uh, to the New York Mets. I'll start here with Jesus Lazardo. Um, 10 and nine on the season with a 3.73 ERA, 198 strikeouts of 54 walks. It's been decent over his last five starts. Uh, despite having a one in one record, he does have a 3.54 ERA. He did face his Mets team earlier this season where he went five and two thirds innings, only allowed two hits in that game. Did have four walks in that game to five strikeouts. He has struggled on the road this season. Uh, where he has a 5-5 five and five record with a 4.86 ERA. Now, the Marlins have won three of his last four starts, but that's been uh, because of plenty of run support. And in those three wins, uh, they've scored a minimum of five runs uh, for them to win those games. They scored five. They had 16 against the uh, Braves, and then they had six against the Dodgers back on September 5th. Um on the other side for the Mets, it is going to be David Peterson, a battle of left-handed pitchers here. Uh, three and eight on the season for David Peterson, 5.37 ERA over his last five starts. 0-1 with a 4.73 ERA. He did have a good start against the Marlins earlier this season with a one uh, where he went, sorry, five innings, eight hits, only allowed one earned run, five strikeouts in that game. I want to say the Marlins have really struggled against left-handed pitching this season. Again, I think that's been a case in point earlier uh, on the Wednesday game. I believe is a it was a left-handed pitcher as well uh, in that first game. I know they're playing a doubleheader, but um, I think I'm going to lean towards the under in this game. First of all, uh, I don't trust either one of these offenses against left-handed pitching. Um, and for the full game, I'll, I'll lean with the Marlins here again. I don't love it. I'm kind of trying to pull up their numbers against left-handed pitching over the last two weeks here. So, coincidentally, Marlins are um, number three as far as WRC plus over the last two weeks against left-handed pitching. They have a 317 batting average, 411 on base percentage, 556 slugging percentage, and 967 OPS uh, um, uh, rating there. I, I, I like what I've seen from Jesus Lazardo this season. I'll stick with the uh, Marlins here in a desperate situation. Again, we talked about the whole motivation angle. Uh, you can't drop back-to-back games against a team that was pretty much eliminated two months ago as well in the New York Mets. But um, I'll trust L- Jesus Lazardo here. I don't like what I've seen from David Peterson. I think the Marlins should be able to score against David Peterson. I wouldn't mind a um, team total over. But I think that Jesus Lazardo can really limit this offense for the New York Mets. So I'm thinking like a 4 one 5 two type of game here in favor of the Marlins here, Scott. Yeah, I like the under as well, uh, but I think for the sake of the spread, I think I'm actually going to fade Miami. I acknowledged earlier in the show, I can't remember a time where you've seen a play individually keep a team out of the playoffs. I don't think this is one because I think the Cubs are going to get in. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of a half set up. I don't think Miami's going to get in. So I think looking at how I anticipate the final couple of days to go in the regular season, I don't trust Miami on the road. They're not a good road team. The Mets are not a good team in general, but they haven't better at home. And 
I feel like once again, the Mets want to play spoiler. I, I think this game kind of matters to the Mets in a way because they really don't want their division rival to get in and the Mets are petty like that. So I do think looking at this matchup, it's pretty telling to me that even though Lazardo is a much better pitcher than Peterson, significantly better, they're only minus 125. I feel like that's pretty telling to me that even the odds makers don't trust Miami to actually win games they need to yeah. win. And we're seeing it on Wednesday. They're no showing this game offensively on the road, like they have done all season long. I'm going to lean to the Mets. I, I think that they're actually capable of getting to Lazardo. I don't trust Miami's bullpen either, but it's mostly just based on current form. I don't like how Miami's played for the last week or two. And the Mets have not been playing for anything of relevance, but they've been okay. Recently, they've not been great by any means, but I do think when yeah. you're looking at the line itself, the Mets, despite being 14 games under, are right now three games over at home, might be four games over, assuming the results hold on Wednesday. The Mets have not been playing great, but they were also against the Phillies and the Marlins on the road. They're back home. Uh, final home series, I think, of the season. I, I, I got to confirm uh, if their last series the is at home. No, they are playing the Phillies at home. So... Yeah, they get to finish yeah. at home. They don't have to travel again. Uh, but this is going to be uh, – this is the – I I got. I want to mention there is a doubleheader going on on Wednesday. Yeah. So I do want to see right. how the bullpens are managed uh, for the sake yeah. of this matchup. But I am going to go with the Mets here at a small plus money price. I think this line looks trappy. There are some lines that look off, and there are some lines that just look trappy. I don't trust taking Miami at a small money line price when they've been this bad on the road. Yeah, and Kodai Senga is getting that second, uh, the start of that second game with a doubleheader at home where he's been absolutely fantastic for that New York Mets uh, pitching rotation. By far, I mean, by far the best pitcher in that pitching rotation this season uh, for the New York Mets. So it's going to be, it looks like a tough, tough hill to climb, climb here uh, for the New York, uh, sorry, for the Miami Marlins. If, in fact, they do uh, possibly get swept with a doubleheader on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, last game on the schedule here that we want to touch on here, Scott is going to be the series of the weekend. That's going to be the Texas Rangers and the Seattle Mariners. Uh, they get set for a four-game set uh, that is being taken place uh, in Seattle. Um, let me double-check here. So, yeah, uh, the Mariners have the game on Wednesday afternoon uh, against the Astros. Sorry, I should say uh, Wednesday night against the Astros, and they get to welcome the Texas Rangers to town uh, to wrap up this series. So the first game on Thursday of this series is going to be between uh, left-handed pitcher Jordan Montgomery getting the start for the uh, Texas Rangers, and it's going to be Logan Gilbert on the mound for the Seattle Mariners. Looking at the lines for this game, I'm currently seeing around a minus 125 in favorite of the uh, Seattle Mariners and plus 115 on the money line for the Texas Rangers. Total is set at 7.5 in this game. Uh, let's start here with Jordan Montgomery uh, on the season. Uh, let's see here. Let me pull his numbers up. 10-11 uh, and 11 on the season with a 3.25 ERA. He's been decent over his last five starts. 2-1 uh, and one with a 3.56 ERA. Coming off uh, three straight uh, absolutely brilliant outings. Uh, by Jordan Montgomery. Um, he's only pitched, oh, sorry, uh, last three starts, 21 innings pitched. He's allowed 13 hits and only one earned run in that span. He's had 17 strikeouts, so only three walks in that span as well. Now, coincidentally, his last start was against the uh, Seattle Mariners last Saturday, where, like I mentioned, seven shutout innings. He only allowed five hits, six earned, uh, sorry, six strikeouts at two walks in that game. And the Texas Rangers did go on to win that game 2 nothing. Um, on the other side, like I mentioned, uh, Logan Gilbert is going to get the start here for the Seattle Mariners on the season 12 and 7 with a 3.75 ERA. Uh, over his last five games, he's 1 and 2 with a 4.25 ERA. And again, he um, this was the exact pitching matchup. That happened last Saturday, and in that game, Logan Gilbert, five and two-thirds innings, five hits, he allowed two earned runs, did have a walk problem where he allowed four walks uh, to the Texas Rangers. The Rangers were, were able to take advantage of that and score a couple runs there to get the victory. Now, the Mariners have lost four of his last five starts, uh, and he hasn't gotten a lot of run support in those uh, four uh, losses. 
Three of those four losses uh, combined to come uh, with two runs scored by the Mariners offense. Uh, other than the other two starts, it was a shutout, one run, one run, and then five runs scored in a loss against the Angels. Um, number one, I like the under in this game. Uh, I think that Jordan Montgomery is in great form here. Um Again, this is going to be a playoff atmosphere all weekend long. I mean, this the the teams know, the organizations know, the managers know what's at stake here. Um, Mariners fighting for a playoff spot. Rangers trying to hold on to the lead in that AL West division. I I think Jordan Montgomery is definitely the better pitcher of these two guys. And again, Logan Gilbert has struggled at home this season. He only he's only four and five with a four point one eight ERA and fourteen starts this season. And trying to pull up his numbers against the Rangers uh, this season or in his career, I have him um, up this year. He's been good numbers wise, but he's zero yeah. and two. Okay, twelve and a third innings pitched, a two point nine two ERA, zero and two. Yeah. So I, I think I really love the uh, under in this game here, Scott. And the first side, I will definitely be on the Rangers here um, because, again, I don't like the form that Logan Gilbert is in right now, especially the way he has pitched at home this season for the Mariners. What do you think about this game? I like the under as well. Uh, you're looking at the games that have playoff-type atmosphere. This is what you're looking for. It's yeah. in Seattle, which is the most pitcher-friendly ballpark in the league. Statistically speaking, uh, Montgomery's been good. Gilbert's been pretty good, especially against Texas. I like the under. I think you're going to see a pitcher's duel early on. Texas also not a good road team. So I do think offensively, I know that their numbers scare you because of how good they are at home. Yeah. On the road, not so much. So I'm actually going to go with the under, maybe first five under if you're afraid of the bullpens. But I see a game that feels like a playoff game that both teams need. And I do think, once again, that's going to lead to less runs. I'm on the under. I love it. Uh, all right, that was the last game we're going to cover here. Again, uh, very limited lines out when we do record this uh, pod, obviously. with uh, At this juncture of the season, a lot of the managers know who they're going to throw out there as far as pitching because we've seen some pitching changes. Weather has also been a factor, especially on the East Coast, and you're seeing you know, double headers like they have with the Marlins and Mets. The Marlins um, are still pissed about that, by the way. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they are. Well, not um, even just because of that. Apparently, the Mets didn't actually cover the the infield. And that resulted in the Marlins being really, really pissed with the Mets. Uh, and the league might look into it. But, yeah, there was something that happened yesterday with uh, with City Field and how they knew rain was supposed to come. But they and they just refused the to cover, to use the tarp on the infield, and they couldn't play. So the Marlins are not exactly happy about that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be happy about that either, especially when I'm uh, trying to fight for a playoff spot. But, yeah, I don't blame them. Uh, all right, Scott, let's try to muster up a lock and a dog here uh, for the Thursday schedule. Again, uh, very limited options here as far as lines that are out, but I think we know which way we're kind of uh, leaning towards the games that we did cover here. So you want to lead us off? Uh, sure. Uh, so starting off with the lock, I want to just make sure I have a number on this, or if I don't, I really wanted the over in the Braves game, but unfortunately I just don't have that. So I'm going to have to get creative. Uh, I will go with the first five under in that Rangers and Mariners game. Playoff atmosphere, once again, I am limited based on lines available, but I do yeah. think you're looking at what should be a rock fight in that game early on. Total for the full game is seven and a half, so you're probably looking at a first five total of a juiced under four. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take that. I see a pretty low-scoring start. I trust Montgomery. I trust uh, Gilbert against this Rangers team on the road. Give me a 1-1 game through the first five. I'll take the first five under four as my lock. And for my dog, I I think I got to go with the one team that has nothing to play for with a line available. I'm going to take the Cardinals money line at plus 158. Okay. I, I think fading Burns makes sense here because he's not going to pitch long. Milwaukee has no incentive to actually use a lot of their main bats. I would also fade Philly, but I don't have a line. I feel better about fading Philly, but once again, I'll deal with whatever lines I have. So give me the Cardinals at a pretty nice money line price against a team that has nothing to play for that might bench half the team. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue against that. Um, all right, for my lock, uh, I'm going to just take the full game under uh, in that um, the Rangers and the Mariners game. I know you like the first five under. I think you like the full game under as well. But seven and a half is what the opening number is. That's what I see uh, at some of the uh, offshore books, bet online. Heritage Bookmaker, they all have seven and a halfs right now listed. So, I mean, you know, Scott mentioned it. It's going to be a playoff atmosphere. I, I trust both pitchers. It's a uh, pitcher-friendly ballpark. Um, again, I think that uh, both pitchers should be going along well here. They did face each other 
uh, last Saturday. It was a two nothing final. I think something similar. Uh, maybe not that low, but I think definitely under the seven and a half number, maybe like a three, two, three, one, something in that neighborhood, but definitely going to be under uh, for the Rangers and the Mariners game seven and a half. And then for my lock, I'll take the run line here. I'm oh, sorry for my dog. I'll take the run line on the uh, Toronto Blue Jays with Chris Bassett and, and really fading Luke Weaver here. Minus one and a half plus 114. I think that they should be able to tee off again. Uh, Toronto is playing. Uh, for a playoff spot. I know the Yankees probably want to play a spoiler here, but I don't think they can do that with Luke Weaver on the mound here. Uh, we mentioned he had a couple of decent starts with uh, as a member of the Yankees, but season long, he just has not been very good. And I think this lineup of the Blue Jays should be able to tee off. And I think Chris Batts, like I mentioned, had a really good start against the Yankees earlier this season. I know they're throwing a different lineup out there, but I think um, he should go along well here in this game against the Yankees, and I would not be opposed uh, to looking at his strikeout prop in this game here as well for Chris Bassett. So uh, for my dog, I'll take the minus one and a half, plus 114 on the run line for the Toronto Blue Jays as my dog of the day. Uh, All right, that is going to do it for this Thursday episode of the MLB Gambling Podcast. Um Again, we're we're itching and clawing, ready to get to the finish line of the season. Uh, a lot of uh, meaningful baseball left, but a lot of uh, uh, unmotivated, I guess, baseball, I should say, uh, left uh, for the season here. But, Scott, anything else you want to mention, my man, before we get out of here? Not really. Uh, looking forward to the rest of the baseball season. Should be fun. I might have some personal monies tied up to the AL West race, so we'll keep an eye out on how that turns out. But either way, it should be fun. Looking forward to it. Yeah, AL West division are literally coming down to probably the final day of the regular season. And obviously the two wildcard uh, races in the respective league. So we'll be keeping an eye on all of that as we kind of progress uh, and get to the finish line on uh, Sunday. Uh, we'll be back in some form or fashion for uh, the episode for tomorrow. So look out for us then. Uh, make sure to follow Scott on Twitter at Shell Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. More importantly, make sure to follow the uh, Twitter account for the MLB Gambling Podcast at MLBSGPN. And also our Instagram account. You can follow us there uh, at MLB underscore gambling underscore podcast. Appreciate everybody in the chat. Uh, TBDBJ, Matthew, the usual suspects. Appreciate you guys uh, tapping in with us as y'all do every single day. Uh, Good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride.